Hallelujah. God is good, amen? He's so good. How many of you know God's alive? God is not dead. He's not dethroned. He's not sleeping or slumbering. He has not forgotten his children, amen? I was praying about what to share and God put a word on my heart and I believe it's for somebody here. And I titled this word, Why Trials? Why Trials? How many people have recently gone through or maybe are going through trials? Anything, trials in your life? Nobody at all? Whatsoever. All right, I see some hands. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going through trials. I'll tell you, I'm going through trials. And I'm not talking, you know, when I was 18, 19, I thought speeding tickets were trials. I was, I was rebuking the devil. Get pulled over for a speeding. I'm like, man, devil, you are, you are dead. Then I found out it was just my foolishness. That's not a trial. That's just the result of my foolishness. But then you also go through certain things where seemingly you're doing things right. Seemingly you're following the word of God and, and it just feels like you're under attack. And that's what I'm talking about here. Trials where it seems like it's outside of your control. It seems like there's nothing that you can do to stop it, nor, nor is there anything that you could have done to prevent it. You guys understand what I'm talking about? And you find yourself in these situations and, and questions rise up. Questions rise up and, and different emotions rise up and different reactions rise up. And you start to ask, well, I'm a Christian. I serve God. How come this is happening to me? Yeah, anyone? Anyone experience these type of thoughts? And, and you start to question, why do I have to go through this? How come there's difficulties? Why are people getting sick around me who I love? Why, you know, why, why do I lose loved ones? Why do I experience attacks of the devil? Why can't God just protect me? How many of you guys know that God can protect us from every single trial? He can. God can stop every single trial. That is yes and amen. He is almighty, he was almighty, and he will be almighty. So don't think for a moment that just because you're going through a trial, that means God couldn't have stopped it. It does not mean God missed it. Like, oh man, let that one slip, my bad. I'll catch the next one. God is powerful. He remains powerful. And any trial that comes into our life, he did not miss. He did not miss. And so you, you start to question and say, well, God, if you're almighty, if I'm your child, if you love me, the Bible tells us he loves us, and that's yes and amen. Why do I go through trials? Why are there trials in my life? And Jesus answers that question in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Jesus says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's Jesus' answer. What profit will it be for a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? In other words, he says, what good is it if a person has no issues, if a person has everything he needs, if a person has all the money in the world, if a person has no problems whatsoever, except he loses his soul? To paraphrase it again, Jesus is saying, for me, the outcome of eternity is a lot more important than the outcome of this temporary life. Jesus says, to me, 
the outcome of what happens to your soul, the outcome of the eternity after life is of a lot higher priority than your temporary pleasure, than your temporary provision, than your temporary comfort. So the next question I have, is that true for me? Do I care about the outcome of eternity more than I care about the provision of this temporary life? Is eternity a reality for me in such a manner where the decisions I make, where the things I face get filtered through the picture of eternity? Is heaven a reality for me? Is it something I, I uh, esteem to? Is it something I look forward to? Is it something I think about? Is it something I pray through? Is heaven a reality for me? Because I recognized in my life that every time I, I struggle with trials, every time I struggle with a difficulty, I have a choice to see it through the 70 to 80 years that I have here or to see it through the lens of eternity. And those two lenses are going to determine the outcome of what that trial does to me. I recognize that oftentimes I find myself not even thinking about what God's doing in eternity for me, but I'm thinking about what I can do in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 60 years. What I can plan, what I can prepare. And when that gets challenged, when that gets put on a sidetrack, when that gets uh, done in a different way, I often find myself in, in uh, disappointment, in difficulty. Why trials? Why do we go through difficulties? And I, as I was praying, I just wanted to share a few truths about the trials that we go through. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but maybe you're going through some things and you've been having questions about why is it so difficult? How come I can't overcome this? How come this is doing this or that? How, it's not fair. I haven't been making these mistakes, but for some reason I feel this attack or I feel this trial. And the first thing I want to tell you, and all of you will say amen really fast, this trials are guaranteed. And there's three amens. You don't believe me? Jesus says it in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. There are certain things that are guaranteed in this life. Trials are one of them. It's guaranteed. You might want a refund, but it's a guarantee. Trials are guaranteed. Jesus went through trials, and as he left this world, as he was finishing his ministry, he speaks to his disciples and says, listen, don't think for a second that you're going to have smooth sailing from here on out. In this world, you're going you're gonna to see difficult things. In this world, you're going to be fighting certain things. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus tells us not to be shocked when trials come. That they're guaranteed. They're going to come. It's not if, it's when. They're going to come. Trials and tribulations are going to come. Difficulties will come. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Because we're fallen people. Because you and I are not perfect. Because sin entered the world. And with sin, death. And with death, struggling. That's why trials are absolutely guaranteed. 
And there's no utopia that you can escape to. There's no utopia you can build around yourself to put yourself in a bubble away from trial. Some attempt it and some decide that they can figure out a new, new way. They can, you know, earn a certain amount to protect themselves so much. And people spend just absurd amounts of money and energy and effort to protect themselves from trials. People build themselves uh, hospitals for themselves people build you know oxygen rooms that they can sit and breathe pure oxygen where no corona can be around them and all this nonsense and they find themselves in trials right inside that oxygen room because it's from within because we're fallen mankind because the trials don't even have to be external they can come from within trials are guaranteed number two trials are necessary and you might disagree, but trials are absolutely necessary. I'll give you a few scriptures. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. Jeremiah chapter 17 tells us, verse 9 and 10, that the heart is deceitful above all things and deceptively wicked. Who can know it? And then God says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Trials are absolutely necessary. And you're going to say, why? why? Why are trials necessary? I understand they're guaranteed, but why are they necessary? They're necessary because trials tend to reveal what I have been able to conceal. There are certain things in our lives that the devil puts into our life through time. And oftentimes, we do such a, good, uh, uh, such a good job of masking it that we convince ourselves that that thing's not there. Just a few weeks ago, I've already shared this with my life group, just a few weeks ago, our life group decided to do a fast together. Now, I thought I was a Christian. So we decided to do a fast, and we started fasting. We decided we set some days aside, and we're going to fast for the nation, what's happening there, for our families. So the very first day of the fast, the very first day, start to fast. First of all, I'm hungry. That's already bad. That's a trial. And then and while fasting, during the day, I open up the mailbox at work. And for the first time in my life, Department of Justice, a lawsuit and you're sitting there, you're like, a lawsuit? What's going on? We haven't been cheating people. We haven't been doing anything, you know, anything deceptive. What is going on? And as I read through the lawsuit, I discovered that this lawsuit is literally against us because we made a human error. Because we priced the vehicle wrong and then changed the price. And the person didn't like the fact that we changed the price. That's it. No harm. I mean, he put money down. We discovered that it was an error. We said, hey, we're so sorry. That, that's not our vehicle. It was put for sale with us. It was literally a typo. Here's your money back. And he's suing us for that. And I sat there just boiling. How dare he? How dare he sue us? We didn't do anything wrong. We didn't rob him. We didn't do this. And all these justifications. And suddenly I find myself thinking that I was a Christian. Complete heathen. Just boiling at work. Wondering what I can do to find this guy. And to, to prove him he's wrong. And Tuesday comes along and more things come. And I'm like, I thought fasting is supposed to make me more Christian. Turns out it just keeps revealing things and revealing things. The following week and you're like, all right, we stopped fasting. Everything's going to be all right now. Suddenly you're getting broken into again. 
You spend time fixing the fence that they cut again. You're out there in the heat buying sheet metal, working like crazy, and then your neighbor says, that's absolutely not gonna work. You're gonna have to tear that fence down. And you're like, please, somebody. I found myself Thursday evening just walking away from my neighbor because I didn't want to say something I'd regret. And I'm driving home, and the Holy Spirit's like, see? And you thought all was good. Because see, Wednesday, if you talked to me about frustration, I would have said, yeah, man, I, it's, it's, everything's good. But suddenly, this trial comes along, and it reveals the weakness that's within you that you've been able to and capable to just mask so much. That's why I'm telling you, trials are necessary. They're guaranteed and they are necessary. Trials start to reveal the things that I forgot that I need to deal with. The Holy Spirit's there reminding us, but we're like, hey, no, Holy Spirit, shh, I'm at church. Holy Spirit, I'm at prayer. And so trials come. And I don't think God missed it. I don't think God let one slip. It's allowed in our life because he cares more about my eternity than about my fence. He cares more about my eternity than about my pride. He cares more about my eternity than about my image. He cares more about my eternity than about my finances. Because this is very temporary and that's absolutely eternal. This is very changeable and that's not changeable at all. Trials are guaranteed and trials are absolutely necessary. Number three, trials. So number two, trials are necessary because they reveal what's in us. And number three, trials prepare us and make us better equipped to accomplish what God has for us here and also for our eternity with him. James chapter one, verse two and four says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Everybody says amen to that verse every time it's read. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope that does not disappoint, now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. Trials, they prepare us. And you know, as you walk away from your neighbor frustrated, you, you start to pray Thursday night at life group, and Friday morning you have to call your neighbor and apologize, and you have to say, hey man, I, I'm sorry. I was really frustrated, and he's like, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm sharing this because I, I believe this is, this is powerful, and it's powerful for me in my life, and I recognize that I need the Holy Spirit to reveal things in my life that have been capable of hiding. And I realize that these trials that James and Paul shares about, they've gone through these things, they're going through them, and, and James says, consider it joy when you're going through various trials. But he explains why you consider it joy. The joy is there because you recognize that eternity is real. See, if eternity was not real, how could I consider it joy? If eternity was real, my pride is the most important thing in the world. If eternity isn't real, my image is very important. But since eternity is real, my pride has no place in my life. And my image has very little value. But my soul is eternal. And we need the trials that come through our life to change us. You see... The trial will change you and prepare you depending on the reaction to the trial. We find young David standing before Goliath when the Israelite army is completely terrified behind him. And young David picks up a sling, picks up some stones, and walks out against Goliath. Goliath mocks him 
and says, who are you walking against me like I'm a dog? I'm a trained warrior. I will spear you. I will chop you into pieces like the little kid that you are. And David says, listen to me. I don't go against you with my own strength. I don't go against you with my own experiences. But I know the God that's with me because I went through some trials. Because I've seen bears and I've seen lions. And I've seen God challenge me in that. And I submitted to him and I saw his power in that. Therefore, I know that you will fall just like the lion and the bear. And David has victory. Saul experiences trials where he sees his army in fear the same way that the army was in fear before Goliath except Saul chooses to walk the walk of pride and instead of changing he starts to bring the sacrifice that wasn't allowed so our reaction to the trials we go through will determine whether they're beneficial to us or absolutely destructive because we have a choice to allow trials to bring us into self-pity into depression into anxiety or we allow the trials to glorify God by saying not me but you I will surrender I will submit I'll lay my pride down I see this failure in my life I don't like the failure in my life but if this is what I need to walk through to be cleansed to come out with more patience to come out with more confidence in who my God is I'm willing to do it the devil is interested in three things to steal to kill and to destroy Every trial he throws at you, he wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, every trial God allows to enter in your life, he's there to see you built up to have life and life more abundant. Every trial that he allows to come into your life, he wants to strengthen your patience, to strengthen your confidence, to allow your pride to be put to death because eternity is a lot more valuable than the temporary life that we have on this earth. Why trials? Why do I go through these things that don't feel good at all? Trials are guaranteed. They're necessary because they reveal things in my life. Trials prepare me to fulfill the very thing God put me on this earth and also to prepare me for eternity. And number four, Jesus promises to be with you through the trial. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sore? For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no trial, there is nothing that the devil can throw at you that can separate you from the love of God. If you're going through something right now and you feel like God's not hearing you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God is right next to you. He's carrying you. He's reminding you that he's already overcome the world. He's here to tell you that he's on your side, that you're going to walk through it. This will not kill you, but this will make you stronger. This will allow you, if you allow him to be the Lord in your life, this will allow you to have more confidence in him. This will allow you to eventually stand before Goliath and say, I'm not afraid of you. Though you have complete uh, uh, power over, uh, you have complete, uh, um, I'm an underdog next to you, but I'm not afraid because I know who's with me. I know who's with me. I know who holds the victory. And Jesus says he's a conqueror. He's a conqueror. So what's our reaction? What do we do? We know the trials are guaranteed. We know that they're necessary. Yet they don't feel good. The answer is be anxious for nothing. But in everything. With prayer and supplication. 
Let your requests be made known unto God. In everything, be anxious for nothing. We sang so many things today. The worship that we sang was tailored to the, to the word that I'm speaking. It was tailored to remind you that God works all things for the good of those who love him. That God's working when you don't feel it, when you don't see it. That God's working when the feelings tell you everything's falling apart. God's there and he's working. God's there and he's on your side. God's there because he wants to see you strengthened because to him, eternity is absolutely the reality that he has in mind. He's there and he's reminding us that what we have on this earth is very, very temporary. My health, my provision, my establishments, my name, my, my uh, uh, legacy is very temporary. But eternity is awaiting and it's sure. And he wants us to come in and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done by putting your pride to death. Well done by going out and, and preaching the gospel. Well done by not being afraid and sitting on your own, uh, caring about your life alone. Well done. Well done for submitting when things weren't easy. Well done for allowing the bear and the lion not to destroy you in fear, but instead to submit to me and say, Lord, if you're willing, I'm willing to obey. Lord, if you're going to be with me, I'm willing to walk through it. I don't care what tomorrow scares me with. I don't care what fear that the, the world is putting upon me, whether it's corona, whether it's bankruptcy, whatever it is. Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will stand through the trial. We will stand through the storm. Not because we're strong, but because you're strong. Not because we're able, but because you are able and we believe in you. And you are yesterday, today, and forever the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Can you rise up? We're going to pray. I sense that God is speaking a word of deliverance to somebody here. A word of deliverance from their fear, from their anxiety, from disappointment. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean God does not know. Doesn't mean God's forgotten you. It doesn't even mean you made a mistake. Praise is a powerful weapon. Praise is a tool that works to this day. It's a weapon that the devil can't stand. We sang that song. That fear dies when we praise the Lord. Fear can't survive when we're praising. I remember in the very beginning of the business, um, it was very difficult. We were barely making ends meet. I, I believe I even shared this already, but it, it's, it's ingrained in my heart and my mind as a memory that God allowed to happen for a reminder. You know, you need to remember what God's walked you through. It's important to remember what God's walked you through. David says, the bear and the lion, those are memories in David's life, but they allowed David to face Goliath confident. And I remember during this time when really it was, we were barely making ends meet. And I sell this truck and the customer that bought the truck, we, we put brand new wheels and tires on this thing. And apparently I didn't know that, but uh, whoever put, installed the wheels, they over tightened the lug nuts. And so this customer who we, we've driven the truck, everything was fine. He's driven it, everything was fine. And now he's going home to Bend, Oregon. And on the way to Bend, Oregon, over Mount Hood, his front left wheel rips off at 55 miles an hour. And he's driving this heavy, diesel truck and the truck comes crashing down and luckily he didn't flip over he didn't hurt himself but you can imagine the anger the frustration he thinks i'm scamming him he thinks i sold him a bad vehicle 
And it was completely outside of our control. This was taken to a shop, done professionally. It was just, it happened. It was a trial. It was something that we didn't take a shortcut. It was something that we didn't do on purpose. Nothing. It was, it was a trial. I recognized there was nothing I could have done. There's no way I could have, you know, other than x-raying every stud, know that it was over-tightened. And as I pick up that phone call in the evening, and like I said, it was tough. It was not an easy time for my family. And I pick up that phone call, and I just hear the screams and the yells of this guy yelling at me. And it, it took me a few minutes to calm him down, to even ask what's happening. Eventually, he, he tells me what happened. And to probably his great surprise, I say, hey, can I call you right back? That's probably not something he was expecting. And I, I, I hang up, and I, I just felt under pressure. I felt like the devil just put his foot on me and he was just crushing me. And these thoughts about, you're gonna get sued right now. You're barely in, making ends meet, good luck. This guy's gonna take you for all you've got, which isn't much. And I just felt this pressure. And I remember so clearly looking at Tanya and I said, honey, let's praise God. We had no worship team, we had no guitar, we had no Hillsong on. We just started to proclaim who our God is. And we just, it didn't feel like, trust me, it felt like sand in my throat. I started saying, God, you're powerful. God, you are who you say you are. God, you're on my side. God, you can walk me through this. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it's happening, but I know who you are. I just started to praise and you know what? The devil's foot fell off my shoulder. I didn't feel oppressed anymore. All of a sudden I realized if God walked me up to this, he'll walk me through this. If God brought me to this point, that means he has a way out. I don't know what it is, but we'll take care of this person. You know what? There's a credit card. I don't know how we'll pay it, but we'll pay with the credit card. I dialed this guy back and just minutes ago, I wasn't sure what to tell him. And suddenly, complete confidence, I said, listen, sir, I really apologize. I'm so sorry that happened, but we'll take care of you. You make sure that the tow truck takes you all the way home. He's like, well, that's expensive. All right, it's okay. We'll pay with the credit card over the phone. Tomorrow, we'll send it to a shop and we'll take care of you. Long story short, everything was paid for. The guy was taken care of. But the best part was that the victory was Jesus's. It was his. And it, it's ingrained in my memory. And I, I remind myself of these different moments because I recognize that the devil wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your confidence. He wants to steal your comfort. He wants to steal your life. He wants to kill you and to destroy you. But God, my God, He wants to give you life and life more abundantly. He wants the very trial that's supposed to come and kill you to make you stronger. He wants that trial to root you deeper. He wants your pride to be put to death but your confidence in Him to be strengthened. For you to be able to stand in your home, to stand on the street and be able to praise Him from the bottom of your heart. Not because of the good circumstances, not because everything's good around you, but because things are crumbling, yet He's on the throne. Because things seem scary and outside of your control, but He is promising to be faithful. He said that He was, He is, and He is to come. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through, but God's telling you today, He's got you. He's on your side. He remains powerful. He remains almighty. And He'll walk you through this very trial. Allow yourself to humble yourself. To surrender to Him. And you will see how the trial that was supposed to destroy you, destroy your family, destroy your business, destroy whatever the devil is attacking, is going to walk you through and make you stronger. And make you more confident. And allow you not just to walk through, but to minister to somebody through it.
if you're here right now and you just need prayer if it's been tough if there's something you've been going through and you just want somebody to stand by your side in prayer this time is for you I invite you to come on out even as we worship right now we're gonna sing and pray but come on out we want to stand with you you know we're a body of Christ the Bible describes the body of Christ as cells and members and when one hurts all hurt and when one celebrates we all celebrate so there's no shame in that to say I need prayer I need help I'm going through a tough thing I'm going through things that don't make sense this time is for you right now. Church, let's start to pray. And if you need prayer, just come on out. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We exalt you, Lord. We thank you that you are who you say you are. Jesus, we thank you that you have the best plans for us. That you are yesterday, today, and forever the same. We thank you that you've never quit. You'll never quit. We thank you, Jesus, that you are strong and mighty mighty to save mighty to lead us through anything we go through jesus we exalt you we don't just sing songs but we believe in your word we believe and we allow your word to do what it's doing in our life god speak to every single person here right now those who are struggling right now lord i pray for somebody to come around them and remind them of the goodness of your word the goodness of your of your promises that every promise is yes and amen in the blood of jesus I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are good. You are good. You were good. You are good. You always will be. And that tomorrow is promised to be held in your hands. It doesn't matter what we face tomorrow because you're already there. You're already there. You're on our side. We thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. If you're in this place and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I call this moment for you right now. You can come out. You can receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. Make him the Lord of your life. If you just need to come back to him, if you need to surrender your life because you feel like you walked away, come on out. We want to pray with you. We want to be here for you. Jesus is here right now. Come on, church. Let's just keep praying. Just praise him right now. Let's spend some time in his presence, allowing him to minister both to the people that came out and to you right where you stand. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you're on our side at all times, that you walk us through everything we face, and you're able to make us stronger. You're able to make us more confident. You're able to allow us to surrender, allow us to discover things in our life that we thought weren't present. Jesus, to show both our weaknesses and our strengths, and we surrender. We surrender to your holy and kind arms, arms that love, arms that care. We thank you, Jesus, that you've overcome this world, that we don't have to do this on our own, but you are with us. You are with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you. We exalt you, Jesus. Thank 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 you, Jesus.